Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Well, hello, online local campus. My name is Alicia, for those of you who I have yet to meet, and I'm just so thrilled to be with you here bringing the message on this Sunday. Um, Today, I just really have on my heart a message that God has actually spoke to me, and I hope I can actually share it with you. And the message is entitled, A Time to Grow. Um, I don't know what what your year has been like coming into 2021, but I think we can probably, as a collective, take a big sigh and agree that it's probably been challenging for most of us. And for some of us, maybe we haven't grown the way that we wanted. Maybe you had a lot of dreams and goals that you made. You know, maybe in 2020 January, you're like, this is what I see happening. This is where I want to go with the Lord. This is, you know, what I want to achieve. And maybe you just watched after month, after month, after month, maybe that those things weren't possible or maybe that growth didn't look possible. But I really actually feel like growth is possible despite the climate or the soil that we're in. And so today I want to talk about how we can grow despite where we are. And I'm going to look at three things, actually. First, I want to look at diagnosing our soil. So that means we have to be in reality of where we are to know why we're not growing or how we can start to grow. The second thing is plant care. Um, We're going to be the plants in this situation, but we need to understand what we need to be able to grow or maybe what we even need to walk through to help us grow. And we're gonna look at a few things that even hinder our growth sometimes, and also what it looks like when we're growing and God wants to prune us. And lastly, what it means to make others wanna grow because of our growth. And um, that one I'm actually really excited about because there's been some new studies about plants. And for this sermon, I have learned a lot about plants and soil. I can't say that I'm a plant expert. Um, I have many because of COVID. I just purchased a lot of plants. Um, But what I do know is I have had experiences of choosing to grow despite where I am, maybe despite what I see, despite who's around me, what campus I'm on, what workplace I'm in. And so I'm really excited for what God has to say. So I'm gonna pray before we jump in. So God, I wanna thank you that you are the one that grows us, that Lord, you are the gardener, you are what we need to grow, but you're also actually what even like stewards our growth. And so Jesus, we just wanna invite you today, would you come and would you show us the places that you are longing to see grow in our lives, Lord. Maybe it's a specific area, maybe it's all of us, our walk with you. Um, But God, in a fresh way today, we just wanna surrender our lives to you and say, um, we wanna grow how you want us to. And Lord, even before we start, would you forgive any of us that maybe have been so discouraged, Lord, that we've just said, I don't care, I don't wanna grow. And Lord, we just wanna come before you today and um, in like a really fresh new way say, Lord, would you lead me? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now, I know it might be a little bit tricky, but we're gonna look at where we're planted as soil. So, of course, we could call it literally our campuses or our you know, workplaces or things like that, but for the purpose of this sermon, it's gonna be the soil. That's where you are. Um, you know, I have a plant in my bedroom that is so resilient. It has soil that I'm guessing it came with because I have yet to change it or repot it. It lives in a shaded corner. I forget to give it water and this plant resiliently has grown. And I've watched it grow and every time I see it, I'm just reminded like 
I might sound silly, but I feel like in those moments, God says like, wow, look how much it's choosing to grow despite its circumstances, despite the lack of ability by its owner, AKA me. And so I wanna look at what your soil is like. So if you're taking notes, number one, we're gonna diagnose our soil. And I think really why we need to do this is because we need to know how to move forward in growth. Some of you might feel like in this year that you are stagnant, you have not grown. Maybe some of you feel like you've completely regressed, like maybe you've stepped backwards from your walk with God. You look at where you were and you look at where you are now and it feels like you haven't even moved. Maybe some of you feel like you're treading water, that like you haven't grown at all. No new leaves, no new buds, not smaller, not bigger. You're just kind of staying still. Maybe for some of us, we're new seedlings. We've just come to know Jesus and, and we want to grow and we want to see the fruit. But maybe right now we don't. And so it's important to understand the soil in which we're planted so that we can know maybe why we're not growing or how we can grow. So first of all, I just want to say that no soil is the same. And that means that this is not an opportunity. If you're watching this with a group right now or, you know, friends watching it with you, this is not a time to go, well, look how they're growing and I'm not. This is actually just about between you and the Lord. You know, there's different types of soil everywhere you go. Some places and nations have sandy soil. Some have clay soil. Some have soil that just naturally has a lot of weeds in it. Some have really wet soil. And so we're all going to have different places and, and different areas that we're growing or, or that we're in. And so I have a few questions for you before we start. What is your soil like? Where are you planted right now? Are you in a Christian university? Or maybe are you on a campus and nobody talks about Jesus? What's your workplace like that you're in? Is it a hostile soil that doesn't actually um, promote growth? Or is it soil that is really welcoming? Do you feel like you're stagnant, that actually maybe you need a change of pace or a change of soil right now. You know, it's really interesting because I think for many of us, what we want to say in those times is, well, actually, if I was somewhere else, then I'd grow. You know, if I was on a university campus that knew Jesus, then I'd grow way better. And maybe partially that's true, but I actually believe that we can still grow despite maybe where we are. You know, there's also reasons that sometimes that that growth doesn't happen. What happens when we've kind of given up? You know, I think that for some of us, maybe stepping into this year felt really heavy, but he's our burden bearer. And so even right now, like as I'm speaking, you can under your breath, just say, you know, God, I just want to give you the heaviness I felt. You know, there's something called compacted soil. This is when weight is on soil and it's so heavy actually that a plant can't grow. And so what maybe is there something that's been weighing heavy on you? I don't know, like a pandemic or grief or an incident or a trauma. And it's actually weighing so heavy in your surroundings, in your daily life that actually growth feels really hard. If we can look at where we are, then we can make a strategy to move forward. And uh, before we go to point two, I just wanna, I just wanna mention somebody um, in God's word that really grew despite their soil. Uh, and that's Daniel. Daniel was an Israelite, and uh, this is from Daniel 1, three to five. It says, then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service, and this is Nebuchadnezzar, some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, 
handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning. This is a good batch of men here, okay? Well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. Okay, so this is Daniel's characteristics. He's not coming from, you know, an insignificant family. He's coming from a royal family, which means he already has status. So all that is taken away. He's planted in Babylon, which I just want to say would be really hostile soil. That is not prime soil for an Israelite man to grow in. It says he was to teach them the language of literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table, and they were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. And I love this about Daniel. So he, he heads to Babylon and he looks at the surroundings and he makes a decision. And this is Daniel 1.8. It says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. What a huge denial of flesh in that moment. Here is a king offering to them daily amounts of food and wine from the king's table. This is choice food that these men are getting. And so here's Daniel, he looks around, here's where he is. Okay, I'm in Babylon. This is not an easy place to grow. This is not a place that loves my God. Am I gonna follow suit or am I gonna make a different decision? And actually in that moment, Daniel made some choices, which then I think actually helped him grow in a completely different way. He made choices to worship the God of Israel, despite proclamations that were made over the nation. He made choices to honor and worship and serve his God. And actually the favor that came, not easy, I just want to say, there's nothing easy about Daniel's life. You know, so many of us have seen Daniel in the form of veggie tales or cartoons, and, and we see these cute little fluffy lions that are laying beside Daniel as he's like posing. I cannot imagine that that's what it was like being in a lion's den. But Daniel was thrown in a lion's den for worshiping his God and God shut the mouths of lions. But Daniel made a different choice despite his soil because you know what? He could have actually looked at the soil and been like, well, this is where I am for the next little while. At least it says here, be trained for three years, then they would enter the king's service. So he could have said, well, I've got at least three years before service. I might as well just become where I'm at. So for some of you, you might have stepped into a Christian university and, and it pumped you up and you grew. What about those of us that had to step into a university that does not know Jesus? Maybe for some of you, you thought, well, I'm here for four years. I'm just going to kind of go with the flow and, and maybe put my faith on hold a little bit and, and we'll see what happens. It is hard to grow when we're not in the ideal soil. It is hard. Not saying it's easy, it is challenging. But if we can understand where we are, then actually we can make a strategy moving forward. You know, last week, if you haven't heard the message, Mike had an incredible message on the armor of God. God gives us tools to fight, to grow. And so we actually have a choice in that time when we look at our soil, we see where we're at. God, do I wanna grow right now or am I gonna wait passively? and hope that growth comes. Complain when growth doesn't come. Complain that my church is not feeding me the way it should be or whatever it is. Or am I gonna look like Daniel and be like, I resolve myself not to, not to be like everyone else here. Number two, plant care. Okay, we know this, <laughs> some of us, plants need nutrients to grow. And actually any soil can lose its nutrients over time. So that means for those of us that are even planted maybe in a Christian community, 
yeah, that's not going to just last. That's not going to be what keeps us growing the whole time. Those nutrients go. It makes me think of manna. You know, when the Israelites were walking around the desert, God provided manna from heaven. It's like bread from heaven. It's my dream. Honestly, for those of you that love carbs, you're like, oh, like I picture like croissants and heavy, you know, crusted, good, fresh bread. But <laughs> here's this bread that falls from heaven. It doesn't last, which means that he provides for them every day their needs and he doesn't want them to hoard it. He wants them to know that he'll always provide for them. But that manna didn't last forever. Some of us are trying to rely on that manna to actually keep us growing all year round without digging in, without actually taking care of ourselves. And, you know, it can be really easy when we're in a Christian community. It can feel really easy to grow because we're kind of always talking about the Lord and, and actually then some of us can become lazy while we're there. You know, I work for a Christian ministry. I live in Christian community. I am a part of local church. And so it can be very easy for me to fall into the, to the lie that says, well, I'm in this Christian community, so I don't have to dig into the word. And that's not true, actually. And those nutrients are going to leave. And that soil, the soil that I'm in is going to need more things. You know, the best way to keep our soil um, from growing, from being healthy, if, if we need to change or, you know, pour into our soil, then, well, what do you do? You add compost. You add good mulch. You have to add things to it. You also have to do things for yourself to nurture. And, you know, we live in a world that is very big on like self-love and taking care of yourself. And, and this is not one of those things. I just want to say that this isn't one of those moments to be like, you know, put yourself first, go take the bubble bath. Those are all great things. I want to talk about the things that are hard, the things that are hard, but actually it's loving ourselves in those moments. Loving ourselves is dealing with offense. Loving ourselves is dealing with unforgiveness, hurt, wounds, things that are actually affecting us from growing. So we've looked at the soil, we see where we're at, and now, Lord, why am I not growing? What could be getting in the way? Well, sure, maybe the soil I have is not ideal, but Daniel still grew despite his soil. So what did he do? Well, he spent time with God. Are you spending time with God? Are you in the word? You know, there are incredible apps that you can get. They will read the word to you. If you don't like to read, it will say the word. You can have different accents of people reading you the word but you have to get into the word of God. It's actually what nourishes us. There's a reason why, you know, Jesus talks about the bread of life. It's because it's nourishment to us. What happens if we're carrying an offense? Okay, so, you know, we see where we're planted, we've dealt with that. Okay, well, what happens if there's an offense or a past hurt? Can that hinder our growth? Or is it just the climate we're in? So maybe, you know, I'm in not a great climate, but Actually, my past church hurt me. Is it possible that actually it doesn't necessarily have to do with the soil I'm in, but actually what's going on in my heart? And you know, it's really interesting. Offense is such an incredible thing. When we are offended, it's like, you know, I have these glasses and they help me right now see everything. <laughs> when I'm not wearing them, things are not really clear. But, and this is what happens with offense. It's like we put on these offense lenses and that's what we see through. So when we hear a message at church, we hear it through a little bit of offense. When we meet someone of maybe the same sex that offended us, we see and hear through a little bit of that offense. You know, God wants to actually speak into the hurt, speak into the offense, speak into the unforgiveness or whatever it is that's getting in the way of growth so that you can keep growing. You know, there's people in God's word that have had to look at what they've done 
so that they can grow. Look at David, who made a really, really poor decision with Bathsheba. And then out of that sin issue, he then kills somebody. And here's David in a very, very difficult predicament, a really hard place. And now David could have, in that moment, lived the rest of his life out of this wound, out of this hurt, out of this event. But David did what he knew to do, probably a little bit too late, <laughs> but he went to the Lord. And David was so honest in the Psalms. You know, he'd come to God and be like, I'm so angry. God, I feel like I'm dying inside, but you are good and faithful. That doesn't mean that David was just really confused and had a hard time knowing what he felt. Actually, David knew how to process his emotions in a healthy way. And so a practical thing for you to do, if, if you know that there's past hurt, if you know there's past offense, if you know that there's some past issues making some growth decisions for you, hindering you from growing, write a Psalm to the Lord. Start just by being completely emotionally honest. God, this is where I'm at. I'm so mad at this person for, for you know, tricking me, for not being honest, for betraying me. God, I feel like I'm forgotten. I feel like no one even cares. And now shift your focus. What does God say? God actually says that even if your mother and father were to forsake you, he wouldn't. And so God, but thank you that you would never betray me. But thank you, God, that you know what it's like to betray, be betrayed. You were betrayed by someone close to you, one of the 12. And so God, thank you that you can relate to anything I'm walking through. And begin to praise him, begin to speak out his word, begin to speak truth and ask him, take some time to be quiet. We talk so much. We wanna talk at God. We don't wanna stop and listen from him and say, God, what do you wanna say about this hurt? And if you know you're in the wrong, you know, God, I wanna come before you and I wanna say, I'm sorry. Repentance is a really fancy word for saying we're sorry and not like, sorry. You know, everyone knows those, those apologies. You want to be like, don't even say it. <laughs> I'm talking about a heartfelt decision to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this, this, and this, but I want to actually change course. Be emotionally honest with the community around you. So many of us are so good at hiding that even the people close to us, when they ask us what's going on, this is what we say. Oh, it's just been a hard week. It's just hard. Now, I know there's times and places. We can't really walk into the church foyer and hustle and bustle grabbing a granola bar and pour out our whole lives when there's two minutes to service. But what about if you have a safe mentor and they say, how's your week? And you're like, it's just really hard. So many people are used to using this lingo. What about being honest? You know what? My week's hard. I actually stepped into some old patterns, some old sin. I'm really mad at myself. I feel super convicted, but I'm also feeling really condemned. I don't sleep well. It's not a good week for me. Oh my goodness, that can be spoken into, that can be prayed into, that can be helped, that can be encouraged, but it's just been a hard week. Nobody knows what that means. And so are you being vulnerable? Are you being emotionally honest with your leadership, with your mentor? If you don't have one, get a mentor. That helps us grow. Being in the word, being emotionally honest, dealing with our wounds, getting a mentor. We need, plants need nutrients. <laughs> we need nutrients. We need people to pour into us. What's your community like? When you leave on a Sunday from Monday to Saturday, are you hanging out with people that are encouraging your growth? Or it's people that are knocking a branch off going, whoops, sorry. Now, for those of you that are maybe like, I'm good, I'm growing, I see the fruit, I got a scripture for you. 
This is John 15, one to four. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's great. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So I want to just say this as a reminder before we move on to our last point. You cannot grow without Jesus. Not in the way that you want. It actually says that no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. That means we must remain in with doing life with Jesus to bear fruit. But for those of you that are maybe in a season where God has worked, you have seen his faithfulness and he's pruning, that is hard. We did an activity together at work and we were all given these cute little rose bushes with some clippers. And the task was ask God how much to prune away. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure he's only going to pick these like little dead chunks. So I sit down with my rose bush and I'm like, Lord, what should I prune away? And I felt like he said those two. And I'm like, oh, but they have the cutest little roses on them. They're doing so well. And he said, yeah, but it can do even better. Because actually I have something more for this plant. I have more than just two shoots. Oh, it was so hard to cut off those branches because they looked really good. Sometimes God says, that looks really good. But would you actually let me come and speak into it and let me grow it in a different way, in a greater way, in a bigger way? It feels at the time like such a loss, but it's actually such a gain. And so you have to remain in him, be willing to let him speak in. And are you open to letting him speak in? I just want to say that if you have a mentor, you're in the word and, and he touches an area of your life that you don't really want to talk about, are you willing to let God prune? Point three, our last one, encourage others to grow. Okay, we've looked at our soil. We're in reality of where we are. We've looked at what our plants need to grow. What, what kind of care do we need? Do we need community? Do we need more time in the word? Do I need to deal with some past hurt? And lastly, what can I be doing that actually makes others want to grow? Okay, this is the one I'm excited about. One person can make quite a difference. So I actually found this article that recently came out that says that plants might be able to eavesdrop on their neighbors and actually use the sound of plants growing so to be able to recognize the acoustic signaling to communicate with one another. And actually it says we have shown that plants can recognize when a good neighbor is growing next to them. And it says that actually some of that good growth causes this plant to grow. And it's based on chemicals and smells and sounds, things I don't fully understand. But what I do understand, because I think this is a, a practical principle, actually biblically, is when we are around others that are growing, we want to grow. Who are you surrounding yourself with? But who are you? And is it possible that what God is going to ask you to grow in this year isn't for you? It's for somebody else. It's for the person that you're in at res. It's for the family member that you have that doesn't know the Lord, the spouse that's maybe not walking with him yet, the friend of yours that you've been praying for. One person can make such a difference. You can make a difference for your whole university campus. 
Isn't that incredible? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they made a difference for an entire nation. They stood out. They actually, you know, from Daniel and the words that he brought and the dreams that he had, kings, God used him in such a powerful way that kings literally said, okay, we're all going to worship the God that Daniel serves. One man, not a huge army, just one man. David was one man. Esther was one woman. Corey Ten Boom changed the soil and the climate in a concentration camp during the war. Um, Jim Elliott changed the soil for an entire people group in Ecuador. George Mueller changed the soil for entire orphanages and, and groups of children. What about Ruth? Ruth changed the soil for her whole family line. If you know the story of Ruth, she's a Moabitist. Her husband dies, her brother-in-law dies, her father-in-law dies, and it's just her, her sister-in-law, and her mother-in-law. And the mother-in-law says, go. I can't birth children for you. I have nothing for you. You should leave. And Ruth says these words, and you know, every wedding we go to, this is always there, and it sounds really lovely, but actually it's so much greater than just a nice saying. Ruth 1.16 says, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. In that moment, Ruth said, well, I'm about to step into a soil that I know nothing about with a God that I know nothing about, but I would rather follow you, serve you and follow your God than I would leave and be alone right now. And Ruth's one decision to then follow her mother-in-law actually is part of the lineage of Jesus. That's one of the coolest things. We always skip over lineage, but they're important and there's a reason they're in there. You know, Ruth's faith, Ruth's growth actually challenged her mother-in-law who knew the God of Israel. You know, her faith, her growth spoke to Boaz and he became her kinsman redeemer, uh, somebody that actually stood and said, I will take on this woman as my wife. Plants might be able to cause other plants to grow in a study, but actually, is it possible that we have the ability to help our nation grow, to help our university grow, to help our friend group grow, our workplace, whatever it is, our family? I think so. I think God is waiting and looking for, for people that are ready, for plants that are ready to grow despite their soil. We have to stop and, and be willing to choose not to say, well, I'm not in the place I wanted to be, so I don't want to grow. And instead say, Lord, this is where I'm at. I'm going to deal with some of the things that I'm walking in and I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to challenge some people. Daniel changed the soil. Ruth changed the soil. Esther changed the soil. You can change the soil. And I'd love to pray for you before we close up today. And I, I want to pray for... Um, for actually two different groups right now. The first group I wanna pray for is, is maybe the group of people who are listening and, and you're hearing about this Jesus that, that literally has the ability to, to cause change in a nation through his, his people. Or this Jesus that actually wants to speak in love to past hurt and offense. I would love if you'd be willing to pray with you and give you an opportunity to invite Jesus to lead you today, to be um, your Lord and Savior. And if you're in, um, you know, wherever you are right now, um, I'm just going to recommend you can close your eyes. If you're driving, please don't. <laughs> um, and you can just repeat after me. 
And then please, would you let someone in the chat know, would you reach out to one of our team? Because we want to be part of number two. We want to help you grow. We want to be part of that community. And so would you repeat after me? Lord Jesus, I need you. And I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to lead. I want you to speak. And I want to know your love. Thank you that you died for me, Jesus. And I want to say I'm sorry for the, the sins and the things that I've done. And today I want to choose you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Next, I just want to pray for those of us that maybe we are listening and uh, we have actually maybe been choosing not to grow. Maybe we've been stuck in our hurt, stuck in our offense. Or maybe we've been clinging to the really good fruit, so afraid that if you prune it, the loss is going to be too much or, I don't know, that you won't be faithful. And so I would love to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are um, good and faithful and kind. And uh, first, I just want to come and say, Lord, um, I'm sorry for the places that I have not been wanting to grow in, where maybe I've allowed my hurt or my circumstance to dictate my growth. But today, God, I, I just want to say I'm, I'm willing to hear you. I'm willing to um, invite you to speak. God, would I take time over my week to listen for your voice? What do you want to say? to the hurt? What do you want to say to the pain? What do you want to say even into my circumstance, Lord? And God, for those of us that are clinging to these places that look so good and it feels so wrong that you would want to maybe change or shift or say something, God, I just want to today with open hands um, invite you in a fresh way to be the one who prunes even the good fruit. And even though I don't feel it, I want to say that I trust that, that actually all the things that you do in my life are for my good and ultimately for your kingdom. And so, God, today I just invite you to, to prune even, even what looks good. And thank you, Jesus, that you are never finished with us, that you don't look at us um, and throw us out in the garbage as a plant that is useless or won't grow. But God, you are always there waiting and ready um, to help us grow. Would we be the type of people that actually cause others to grow, that cause the people around us to want to know you, Jesus? Thank you that, that you are so loving and kind. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Sunday, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Bye. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.